Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt. You may know Roosevelt as the company who makes those rad, all-over print button-downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts. They do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. Hello there, and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm Adam Russell. Hey, everyone. I'm Nick Ganbarian. Hey, guys. It's Mike Forrester. What's up? Hey. Hey. And we have a guest. Ranky's not here. Um, something about a house and a baby. Three men. You know, stuff. Nick, introduce our guest. Hey, if you're watching, that's my buddy Dean. Me and Dean have a lot in common. We both play bass. We both roast coffee. We both like Star Wars. What else? Anything else? What am I missing? We probably spend too much time doing things we shouldn't. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're quote unquote, the kids would call us uh, hustlers. We're hus- we hustle. Dang. You have a podcast also, right? Uh, yeah. So you're a prop maker with your son, RDT3 Creative. That's something that you, uh, you took up during the pandemic, am I, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. We got a, you know, we got a 3D printer during the pandemic to kind of, in my head, teach them 3D modeling, but really make stuff. And then uh, <laughs> uh, we got another printer, bigger printer. And now me and both my sons uh, and my wife too, we all nice. are making Halloween's coming. So we're busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, you also roast coffee with Thunder King Coffee, which is, uh, we, were, we were neighbors for a minute. We were both in Costa Mesa, but uh, we, we moved on and you're, you're still in Costa Mesa. I am. I am. We are. Uh, yeah. Thunder King we've done since 2015. And um, yeah, you know, coffee life. It's fun. And then also I mentioned you podcast with iHeart Costa Mesa. You want to tell us about that a little bit? Uh, yeah. It's just a, you know, a community-based podcast where, you know, essentially promoting local businesses and things like that. Just spotlighting who owns what in the city and trying to... Uh, that kind of took off during the pandemic as well, trying to keep business in our city things like that. Yeah, that's great. I feel like yeah. every city should have that. Sure. Instead of like, you know, advertisements on the radio or the newspaper, you know, in the 80s or whatever. You should just throw a podcast like here's what's going on this week. Well, yeah, that's the that sort of thing, thing now. So. <laughs> yes. White dudes with podcasts. It's just, you know, <laughs> part of what you do as a suburban white dude. <laughs> People want to hear us talk, right? We try to be as unique as we can, you know what I mean? <laughs> Very special stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what is different about us though? We're wearing hoodies this time. Oh, different thing. Well, yeah. Okay. Long sleeves. We thought it would be fun to have Dean come on the podcast because we're we're wrapping up this Ahsoka season. We're gonna we're gonna do a full season review, and we thought it would be interesting to talk to someone who is a big Star Wars fan who watched all of Ahsoka but hasn't seen any of the animation. Because we've talked a lot about whether or not people are are getting it, whether or not people are enjoying it, whether or not 
it kind of goes too deep, you know, whether or not we're just dealing in straight up deep cut territory. So Dean, being a person who's a big fan who hasn't watched animation, fit the bill and here we are. That's right. Let's start just by asking a big, obvious question. And I hope you have the answer that I hope you have. Having watched Ahsoka, well, first, did you enjoy the show? I loved it. I loved it so much. So then the next question is, that's a great thing to hear. The next question is, do you feel like you needed to? I I would say you probably would, you you could have been better off on some some level, but did you finish the show or was there ever a, a point during watching, you know, during the season that you thought, man, this would, this could have been better if I would have watched animation, if I knew more, or did you kind of just get along, you know, get on the ride and enjoy it? I don't think so. Like, I don't ever feel that way. Um, and, and part of the reason I think after all these new shows have been coming out in the last however many years, three, four years, is I listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. I listen, I watch uh, the recaps on uh, YouTube, you know, a new rock stars, a screen crush, or those types of things, right? So I love Star Wars. Like, I, I love it. And I love learning all this new stuff. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll go back and watch. I've tried to go watch some of the Clone Wars and things like that. But also, it, maybe it'll be even cooler to go watch now. Yeah. Because I like learning all this new stuff. You know, like, I, I know all there is to know, uh, you know, with what I know. but this new stuff. Like I said, I love Star Wars. So like, if you're going to give me content and I get to learn new stuff of new worlds and things that connect, it's really awesome for me. I, I really enjoy that that way. That's awesome to hear. So where were there times watching it where you, you know, you would finish an episode and immediately think, I can't wait until the new Rockstars breakdown comes or this or that to get things kind of explained to you? Or was it, was the story sufficient as a standalone thing. You know what I mean? Did you need those supplemental materials? No, I didn't need them because those Easter eggs and those things, I think, are special to the story and make it cool for, I'll say, you guys. But for me, it's it's like, well, I don't know what the green magic dust is coming out of that <laughs> yeah. guy. That's cool. Let's find out. Like, And then you do, and it makes it all that much cooler. But also, nice. they're, they seem to be as I'm learning, some things are from, you know, the canon and then some things are from the Timothy Zahn books and then this and then that. And then, so it seems like we all think we know, but also eh, they kind of do what they want. Right. And we hang on. I feel, I feel like we're at a zoo right now. I feel like we're looking at Dean and we're fascinated <laughs> by him because we're like, he didn't watch animated, but he knows Star Wars so well. Like, what is he like? You know? Um, Dean, did you feel like at some point, so I, the way that I explain this to, uh, I, I really remember the moment in the man, have you, are you, are you all live action? You've seen all live action. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. So, the, so the yep. first time you've seen Anakin Skywalker, Hayden Christensen was in Obi-Wan, right? That was the la- that was the first time you've seen him since episode three, right? Yeah. Okay. So you're at least primed to knowing that Darth Vader is, you know, he's about in the galaxy doing things, right? What's interesting, the way that we had talked about this is in Mandalorian episode three, Bo-Katan shows up to save Din Djarin from this aquatic monster in the uh, the Mamacore, right? And 
animation friends are freaking out because Bo-Katan is now in live action, right? And my friends who didn't watch animation were like, who's that? She looks awesome. She's cool. The contrary of both of those things obviously played out differently, but like to what you're saying, did you have this kind of same reaction to, you know, you're like Adam is saying, you're just along for the ride. And like, at what point are you curious enough to go? I feel like, have you ever felt like, I feel like I'm supposed to know who this person is or is it, do you just kind of, you go along with it and you're just like, I have a feeling this is a, this person is probably a big deal in the Star Wars universe. Uh, well, you know who she is. Like I make, I make costumes. Yeah. So I know who she is. Right. You look something, you see something and you're like, that's cool. I'm going to look that up. But like, if you like Star Wars, even if it's hard to escape, yeah. If really people were like, I don't know who Bo Katan is. Now, I didn't know it was Bo Katan Kreese. I didn't know it was these, I didn't know the backstories. I didn't know the Darksaber stuff. Sure. That's all newer for me. Sure. But like, what a time to learn. I'm I'm older, you know, I'm 44. So like I didn't the cartoons were young for me. Yeah. When that mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. That was a little like I'm a little old for that. So but I'm not so old that I'm only, you know, original trilogy only guy. OT purist. So, yeah. Right. I mean right. You know, it was it you you figure it out. You learn. Like I said, I like Star Wars. Sure. So I'm gonna figure it out. Sure. And I'm gonna learn about <laughs> sure. it. Sure. My my side, what's interesting about that is like, so I never, and I, I can empathize with anyone who hasn't, I truly, who hasn't watched animated stuff because up until Disney Plus, it was scattered all over the place. You know, you used to have to download the Cartoon Network app and then this was happening mm-hmm. on Disney XD and I'm like, dude, I don't got any of this stuff, right? Yeah. So then Disney Plus drops, the pandemic drops, I'm like, I'll dive in. But I had heard so much more about Rebels over Clone Wars because Rebels had a shorter amount of seasons in it. So I start watching that. We find out Ahsoka Tano comes on screen, which I know who that is. And I remember she comes on the screen and I go, I have a feeling that was probably a big deal that she was revealed to be the sleeper agent and all this kind of stuff. So this should be a fascinating discussion, I think, in regards to like just asking what seemed to pique your interest and what also seemed to be like, you know, what, what did you, you know, was there anything you needed clarity on was, you know, did this moment hit for you? Cause I think for us, people are like, like people are like crying over the flashback episodes and I'm sitting here for some of my friends who don't watch animated. They're like, Hey, what was that? That was cool. I was like wiping tears away. I'm like, hey, it was the most amazing thing you've ever seen. And they're like, I, I like that. They, they could have showed more of that. I'm like, all right, fair, fair, fair. Um, so this should be, uh, and then meanwhile, Ahsoka, young Ahsoka is like, this is the Clone Wars. Like, <laughs> yeah. like that's the most meta thing in the world. I'm like, yeah. thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we, there's probably going to be a lot of repeated, uh, story beats here or podcast beats, but I mean, I didn't get into the animated series until, um, 2015 or so. Um, and you know, I, I, watched Clone Wars and the more I watched it, the more I got into it. I really loved Rebels right away. Um, that's why I was so intrigued with uh, Ahsoka basically being, uh, you know, season five of Rebels. But it, it really is interesting. One of the things I feel like I've said a lot in the last few episodes on this show is Star Wars is like the most unique thing because it really does depend on the super fans to fill in the heaviness of some moments and i i don't know if other franchises are like like is harry potter like that is marvel like that like i really don't know i doubt it but 
it's such an interesting way to write shows where like Dean, you haven't seen animation, Bo-Katan shows up, Ahsoka shows up, whatever, the Mortis gods, you know, like all this stuff. It's like you kind of just have to get that information. And the then for who? someone like you who wants to know more <laughs> is going to go find out about it now, you know, like maybe now is the time where you're like, all right, seven seasons of the Clone Wars, here we go. <laughs> you know, like maybe it it now is the time for you because of the uh, – the uh, the live action stuff, so it's 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 all very interesting. And I I don't feel this way about like the MCU. Interesting. Like for for example, I love those movies. Like I love when Iron Man came out in two thousand eight or whatever. I was like, oh man. Oh, and man. I was never into comics, but I was like, this is cool. This is whatever. And all these you know movies have come out, and then all the TV shows. I'm having a hard time with most of them. Same. Yeah. Same. Agreed. So. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to catch up as well. And I'm dedicated to catching up, mainly because Loki season one was the best Marvel thing thing I had seen since Agreed. probably Infinity War and before that Iron Man 2008, you know? So I'm trying to catch up because, damn, Loki season two, I'm just, I'm like ready, but I don't want to have holes in it. Yeah. So I, I'm like the kind of the opposite approach uh, that you're taking with Star Wars in a way. Like I... It's the OCD. I need to watch it in order, and I need to know what's what. Thank the Maker, a partially informed MCU podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So are there any, like, um, maybe just with the finale or anything throughout the season for you, Dean, that is still vague, or maybe you have the information, but you don't quite know what's speculation and what's legit that you have questions about? or that you want to discuss? Is there stuff that you've just been like waiting to discuss with people to try to get deeper with? Well, I mean, I will normally reach out to Nick essentially for that. Uh, But like Nick spill the beans. What did he ask about? (laughs) No, no. If we want to talk about (laughs) vagueness, I feel like the finale was the vaguest thing of all uh, of the whole season where I was so excited, like, Oh man. And it wasn't on at midnight. Mm -hmm. So like, I actually like could watch it. You were conscious not, when you're watching uh, well, it? Yeah, because uh, yeah, I would stay up and text Nick during Mandalorian and be like, all right, I'm starting. All right, I'm starting. And like, you know, you get, I'm old. I get tired. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, the finale was the only episode that I was like, huh? That's it? Right. And then as I've learned about the Mortis gods and like this stuff, I'm like, oh. And now I'm super bummed because maybe a year or two for another yeah, it's got to be. Like, there's a weird, there's a definite disappointment in how long all this stuff takes. Mm-hmm. Like, Andor was a long season. And I was like, dude, this is an amazing show, whether it has lightsabers or not. Mm-hmm. I guess the ship had lightsabers. But you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> whether it had any force magic, mm-hmm. it was cool. It was a, like, yeah. it was like watching Law and Order or something like <laughs> a well-written drama, you know? Yep. But yeah, you just, you just have to wait so long. Yeah. It's a bummer. Yeah, I mean, one way to, I guess, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. I mean, first of all, yeah, I wanted to, I don't remember if I had this thought off camera or on camera, but you kind of want it to be like television where every September that your show comes back, you know, right. but it's yeah. not, it's not Seinfeld, you know, like this right. is literally streaming. It's not television. So they don't adhere to those broadcast rules. Plus... How they're making this is Mando, Mando season two, Book of Boba Fett, you know, like like then Mando season three, 
Ahsoka, this is all like if you had a DVD box set of it, it would be the same box set. And I think that they're leaning on that. Like, I hate that we will have to wait probably two years for Ahsoka season two, but we'll have Mando season four before that. Yeah. Eh. No, Mike says no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> well, we have <clears throat> the only things that are still, I think, on the docket, right, are Skeleton Crew, which I believe. Well, those are all in production, yeah. <clears throat> well, Skeleton Crew, I, I believe we're probably going to hear. I would probably say that there is at least some regard, like we're going to get some kind of gallery or some kind of behind-the-scenes thing. Personally, I hope I hope that we get a Art Of book. <clears throat> yeah. I look forward to getting those every single time. Um, I still want one for Book of Boba Fett, uh, but I think Skeleton Crew is likely now dropping. Maybe they're saying January, January, they, February. The mm-hmm. internet. That's what I'm. That's what I'm looking at. And then Rumor we has have it first week of January. Acolyte yeah. from there. So we'll probably yeah. you know mm-hmm. they're gonna let the dust settle on Ahsoka, and then uh, fire up the engines and uh, let's go. And from what we could uh, infer from Skeleton Crew, that's in this timeline, but it seems like it's happened already, right? Like it ha- it is going to take place before season three of Mandalorian. That's my understanding as well. Yeah, yeah. So that probably won't necessarily shed any light on any Ahsoka stuff, but yeah. who knows? Unless they find well, Dean, you, her. Go on. Right. Dean, you mentioned uh, the Mortis gods. Let's talk about that a little bit. Talk about that ending. So did you take anything from that? Did you have, you know, based on the stuff that you learned leading up to the finale, did you have any idea what that might mean? No, not at all. Okay, like, word. Not one bit. And then hearing you guys talk about it, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is like deep old." It's and and juicy, Balin, baby. yeah, and Balin being the character he is was like, uh, you know, that couldn't have been more perfect. Like the the whole tragedy of him and in general is just mm-hmm. so unfortunate for this situation in a selfish way because he's like the perfect. He was the perfect dude and character for whatever this Mortis situation is. And like, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm excited to learn more about that in whatever five years or whenever it happens. Well, you can learn a lot about it just by watching that one arc in The Clone Wars, that three-episode arc. Do I have to watch a cartoon? You do have to watch a cartoon. (laughs) You'll love it. You'll love it. (laughs) Honestly, you'll be just as confused after two. (laughs) So we talked about it a bit last week. Let's talk about it a little bit more in... You know, Dean, of course, if like any of it starts making sense to you or if you have any questions, chime in here. Yeah. We've seen a little bit. We've seen there's like some really good Instagram accounts that are taking the shots and doing side by sides with the Mortis arc, um, you know, still from the Mortis arc in, in Clone Wars. There's a shot of Anakin looking across the mountain range, seeing a light, you know, matched with Balin doing the same thing. Like I said, we inferred a lot last week. Mike, you you've been like most dialed into this. Do you want to talk at all about this little bit of speculation here? Who are the Mortis gods? Because ultimately, like, we're, we're leading to, like, the, the, the Mortis gods being replaced. There's a vacuum there, right? Right, right. So, I think for people, I mean, if you're watching this podcast, you've, you've obviously watched, and I think, I, I would be very interested to know, and maybe we should do a poll as to who has watched animation, who has gone back and found the information that we need to, um, in regards, it's similar to what you you're doing Dean, right? And the Mortis arc is such an interesting thing because it's 
kind of open to interpretation in, in many ways, right? There's all there's different ideas of of who Mirai is, and then there's different ideas of like who Ahsoka is. Is Ahsoka the daughter? Is Mirai the daughter? Um, and we kind of have all these different opinions about what exactly that could be. Um, and so we have, in regards to the Force, the longstanding thing in the EU is, of course, that there is a son, a daughter, a father, and a mother, right? And the mother was uh, a human that essentially drinks, uh, we're going back into your classic mythology here, but drinks from uh, a, a force, I don't know, enhanced pool of knowledge. Um, and she essentially gets, it's almost a like- A wellspring. A wellspring, right? So it's like a Garden of Eden kind of a thing. Uh, and the idea is that it, it basically corrupted her into this really pure form of, of evil and the idea of being able to ma manipulate things. And so the mother essentially gets banished. And what's interesting about the way that they showed the father, who is, he's got this crown and he's, you know, kind of almost looks like a uh, terrifying Santa Claus, uh, is pointing to this direction. Um, so the speculation going on right now, of course, is that the father basically asked, Anakin Skywalker, essentially in some ways, and of course, again, we have three people who are open to interpretation here, um, but Anakin Skywalker very easily looking like he could replace the father, this idea that uh, has been on both sides of the force, understands power, understands that everything needs a checks and balance, uh, and so it could be possibly looking that Balin's skull is, um, while Ahsoka has taken the place of the daughter, Balin's skull could be taking the place of the son. The son is on the opposite side of the father. The daughter is good. The son is bad. Um, and so we have these kind of throwbacks in regards to like the weapons that they use. And we've seen them in live action. We've seen them in other parts of animation. Uh, they're, they're considered like force-equipped weapons. This is similar to Mother Talzin's sword. Uh, and so there's a lot of really interesting things about the theology of Star Wars. And it's one of those things that when you watch the Mortis arc, I think maybe for all of us, because we've talked about this, really made me look at Star Wars completely differently. You know, it's it sets up one of those things that goes from like good guys versus bad guys, cool ships, laser swords. This was like a big eye-opening experience for me to look at how George, I think, viewed the concept of the force much in a much greater expansion that gets into, I would say, the ideology of how what people would do to mm -hmm. wield it find it, captivate it, harness it. What does that mean? Um, so I think it's precious. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it, I mean, it really, truly it's, it is one of the, it is one of the craziest, um, it is one of the craziest arcs in regards to like how we treat the force, how we, how we think about star Wars. So, um, that's, that's kind of like our mortis arc right here. What's interesting about it, that final scene, the daughter is there. She's missing her head. Savage kind of crazy. Um, but obviously it means that she's not there anymore. That's, I think what that's mm -hmm. obviously, um, yeah, trying to visualize and things are unbalanced because of that. Right. And they have been unbalanced basically from that point on in the mortis arc, right. you know, right. pretty soon after that. Right. Um, and, and the reason real quick, just to clarify, Mike, the reason you're suggesting, and I fully agree with this, the idea that Anakin becomes the new father is because that's what the father in the mortis arc wanted when they were there in the first place, he was, he was aging out of the situation. He was, he knew he was going to die. He wanted someone to take his place and he wanted Anakin to be that person. Right. And in, in order to, it's the way I remember it in order to kind of convince him of it. He, he gives him this force vision where he doesn't see specifically, but like he kind of 
he has a, a type of a force vision that clues him into the idea that he's going to go down a dark path and a bunch of bad shit's going to happen. Right. Ultimately, obviously, Anakin doesn't do it. He becomes Darth Vader and whatever. But that's been the intention since long, long ago. Well, what is 50 years or whatever? <laughs> um, not that long ago. But um, that was the plan. So Anakin is the logical father. Ahsoka is the logical sister because she was brought back to life when she died in Mortis by the sister imbuing her with her, her, her life force. That leaves the son as the, at least the one that we've seen as, as the next seat to be filled, Balin being dark side leaning is a logical, uh, logical candidate for that. But I think what will be interesting is, you know, Balin wants to be the father. He doesn't want to be the son, you know? Right. So that's some really interesting conflict. I have so many thoughts right now. Oh, Nick has thoughts. Fill them out. Come on, Nick. Does he? This is this this is so exciting. Doesn't he want to destroy? Do you think he wants to destroy it all? He he wants to end the cycle, though. Aelin? Yeah. By becoming the new father, though, wouldn't that do it? I don't know. Yeah, I guess because he said he wanted to end the the back and forth between the Jedi, like Jedi, and I think he said Jedi and Empire, right? Yeah. Right. So, but does but does the father representing that he needs to be in the balance is that basically just the the metronome going back and forth, right? So, the mother could be the dis- destructor of it mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. And him yeah. g- looking in that direction saying if you want to stop this endless cycle of back and forth, get the mother and she'll destroy. We need mommy. That's basically Ragnarok, right? What is Ragnarok? Tell tell the people, not just the, not just the horror movie. Yeah. Ragnarok is essentially the uh, the end of days. It's the idea of of all the gods being destroyed, uh, and uh, basically ending the power struggle that exists uh, for rising empires, rising power, opposites of each side. Ragnarok is the end of days. So I mm. think this could Brutal. work. So dogs and cats living together. <laughs> Uh, two things. So being that things like the Night Sisters and um, the Mortis gods are George era ideas. Like he, he, those were in the Clone Wars, and George was still on board for for writing that stuff alongside Filoni. Dean, do you? How do you feel about this more like fantasy side of Star Wars? Because I think that there's pr- probably people out there who aren't similar to you in some senses, but are similar in the sense that they haven't watched any animated stuff. But these ideas, if people are going to complain about witches and, and mortis gods and stuff like that. Space whales? And yeah, yeah, space whales. Like, Ooh, oh, yeah. uh, space whales Let's might be Filoni. Yeah, space whales might be Filoni, but I love them. Because um, they weren't in Clone Wars, right? They were in Rebels. That was just the Rebels thing. Correct. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, how do you feel about this like fantasy leaning, almost like some of the stuff is Lord of the Rings esque kind of uh, leaning fantasy side of Star Wars? Yeah, or what is uh, you know everybody says Dune, right? Um, mm-hmm. So uh, we have an episode on that. Yeah, uh, it's hard because it's uh, you know art is subjective, right? Like what whispers to somebody screams to somebody else. So all this info and the fantasy info, you know, if it was like. It would be almost more impressive if we knew that this was George's plan all along. But it also gets bum. It's like a bummer when you listen back to these things with him and he's like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's what it means. Let's oh, go yeah. with that. And you're like, yeah. well, it like breaks our little hearts, you know? But also, you don't, if you don't want to know all that fantasy stuff, 
you don't really have to. Mm-hmm. Because what layer do you want to jump in at? You know, you don't yeah. you don't have to. So it doesn't bother me, but there's a lot. There's <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot. And it's like, you know, you guys know so much stuff where you're also like, oh, well, this should have been this, or this is very similar to this. It's weird that they didn't do this. You know, and it's like, I don't care. Give me more swords. Yeah, Whatever. you have this like weight or you're weightless and we're weighted, you know, when it comes to like what we know here and there. So Yeah, very much. Yeah. Because I don't I don't know any of it, but I I only know what now I'm being taught. Sure. Mm-hmm. And was there any part of any of this like that seemed goofy or any of it take you out of the moment? I like our 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 pod mate Sarah was like, Oh, I wasn't expecting to see zombies in that regard. And I'm like, well, it's been in we've done that a couple times for sure in Star Wars, but I mean, the zombie noise, like we, you guys talked about, that was like, oh, all right. Sure. Uh, <laughs> right. But, but also, again, like, remember what we are talking about. Like, people in space, in a galaxy far, far away with magic, right? Laser swords. And laser swords. Everything's on the table. Yeah. So, like, if something takes you out of this, let's, let's think about what we're talking about. Like, yeah. What were you in for to, to begin with? Yeah. What did you not believe about the Star Wars movies. Yeah. It's like, I like magic, but not that kind of magic. Well, that's it's like, right. get out of that's here. That's too Come much. On. It's like, dude, <laughs> just ride. Right. Let's just ride this ride yeah. because we live here. Right. When we when we heard uh, sounds in space in the opening crawl in 1977, I think a bunch of people probably should have been like, you know what? This isn't going to be the, the movie for me. I'm going to go ahead and go. But um, no, that's, right. I, I, I just, I just find it interesting in regards to like, where um and and I we've talked about this actually pretty extensively is the idea that you have a show like this that is so out there into the fantastical elements of attempting to really push your suspension of disbelief right we have um you know for people who have really loved the kind of lived in grittiness of Star Wars and we really saw that the you know and and when you look at the difference of it because it's very hard for me to imagine a pergill even a rancor in Andor. You know what I mean? Just because yeah. the way that they, right, they right, just set right. those 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 mini universes up so far apart, even though it's all in the same one, right? And then when we come back and we look at it, I think for some people they're you know, they struggle to remember that this is all all happening kind of at the same time, right? But for some people who latched on to Rogue One and they latched on to the mechanical side of people building these spaceships, um, some of these concepts are just, they're just a little wacky. You know what I mean? They're just a little bit out there in regards to when they attach to something like the grittiness and the realistic tone, the adultness of Andor, the adultness of Rogue One. Um, sometimes, you know, they would look at it and go, oh, the the naughty, like what the heck? What are those things? Forgetting that the Ewoks existed, you know what I mean? Right. So it's just right. it's interesting. It's interesting having these thoughts as a bunch of thirty-five plus year old fans of this franchise that goes back fifty years at this point. You know, but but even the the naughty right or the naughty? How did we decide it was really? Said? I mean, Nick Nick, Nick said a little naughty, and I I haven't gotten over it. Yeah, I really yeah, like, so. it's the naughty, like little naughty. But even that, that, that's the one little naughty of the naughty. Of the naughty. Yeah. Let's you, go with that. <laughs> where, where you guys say, oh, it's the Ewok scene. It's the Ewok scene. And there's a constant comparison to that uh, on the pod, right? Uh, I don't even think that way. Because also, I love the Ewoks. And I saw, you know, I saw Return of the Jedi in the theaters when I was a kid. 
So like that's very special to me. But also I don't think of them as the same. I mean, yes, yeah. of course they are. Just like the you know the antagonist is the antagonist is the antagonist. But like no, they're they're different. They're different little dudes. Like, but they're the same. But also just ride the ride, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think that comparison for us was just fun to make. It is, you it know, is, definitely. And also made for the sake of getting people to chill out. Like, look, man, you, you're on board with this, but not this. Let's, let's have a little right. perspective, you know? So that, that's usually our objective there. But yeah, um, I'm the same way, like just on the ride. And everything is more fun that way. This is a, a really goofy analogy that, that I'm about to make, but my dad had a bad temper. I grew up with a bad temper playing sports or like working around the house or this or that, like having meltdowns, like some of the, the best, like uh, personal therapy for that was to just like, let go of the objective. Sometimes, you know, like my dad, I, I played golf my whole life. My dad played golf as well. At some point after just breaking clubs over his knee, throwing him against trees, just wasting all this money. He's like, I'm just not going to keep score anymore. I'm just going to like go swing the club and have fun. And it got better for him. I did the same thing. And I was like, wow, this is the most fun I've ever had. Stop thinking so hard about the thing and just enjoy the experience and everything's better. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you like the thing. Just let go of all the expectations for yourself or for the thing and enjoy the experience. And it's all better. I'm not trying to be anybody's therapist, but that makes sense. We're getting there. (laughs) Now I just want to play golf with you, Adam. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) This is great. I do too, actually. Uh, but this is the point with this fantasy world that we're talking about. Uh, I mean, the internet get, has given everyone a voice and everyone gets to say what they want and everybody wants to be a villain mm-hmm. and everybody wants to be a hero or whatever. But also like, do you like what you like? Yeah, good question. Imagine liking that's the thing a, that that's you a like. That's a big quote, you know? Just imagine yeah. that. Imagine. That's a new question. Do you like what you like? Yeah. yeah. I like it. I made the, I think I made uh, this similar analogy a couple of years ago on the podcast. A good friend of mine, Matt Deutschman, who uh, photographer, he's come to Mosh Eisley. We were Star Wars nerds together in high school back in the day. He, uh, I remember there was a band. God, I can't remember who it was. It may have been like Everclear or something. It was one of those bands that, like, even though we were all into new metal and stuff, like you know, they had a single that came out and we were super into it, and we went to a bunch of shows for their first album, and then the second album came out. He didn't like it. None of us really liked it. And he had this like really poignant realization as a teenager. He goes, you know, I'm not mad about it anymore. I think maybe I just don't like this kind of music anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and we're all like, yeah. why not? Oh, whoa. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> On to the next thing. You know? It's like, yeah. I'm familiar. I think I'm over it. Yeah. Just think about it. A little self-awareness. Let's talk about one more thing before we get onto the bingo cards. We have to update those and maybe make some judgment calls. We'll see. Okay, Thrawn. Thrawn's arc, maybe not even his arc, just like his state of mind in this series seems to contradict in some ways, or at least on the surface, how he has felt in the new canon off-screen stuff. So comics and the, um, the graphic novel. Um, I got a message. We've talked about this a little bit. I feel like we talked about it last week, but um, I got a message earlier today from uh, patron Sky's the Limit, and I could just, I could read his message, or I could actually bring up the comic. There's a really good panel in the comic where he's talking about the, uh, you know, he's, his species called Chiss, and in the comic, there's a, 
there's um, some flashbacks and stuff, and he, he he's talking about his true intentions and his path, like to becoming part of the empire and being promoted and all this stuff. And it's it's kind of unexpected to him. So um, let's let's take a look at this right now and talk about it. Actually, have have any of you guys read this comic or read the uh, the new Thrawn novels? I've read all the new Thrawn novels. So is this a comic adaptation? I don't know if this is an adaptation or not, but I know that this discusses the, the thing about his, his, his past and how he becomes kind of part of the Empire. Is this the blue guy? This is, yes, this is the, the blue guy. <laughs> this Thrawn. is Cad Bane, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Which it, the, the new awesome Star Wars meme is when he, Thrawn hears that Ahsoka, that Anakin was Ahsoka's <laughs> master. That, that meme sweat. has a lot of legs right now. A lot, of, yes. yeah, a lot of good stuff out there. So he's facing off against this dude. I don't know who this is. I haven't read it. I have to admit. So he asked him, can't you see the evil you're helping to perpetrate, per, sorry, perpetuate um, in the galaxy by being part of the Empire, right? And Thrawn responds, there are things in the galaxy far more evil than the Empire and far more dangerous to all living beings. I sought out the Empire to discover if they would serve better as allies or as easier prey than my people. So ultimately, it comes down to like his allegiance to his people, to the Chiss. And this dude says, so for anyone who's listening and, and not watching here, I dug to get your uh, Royal Imperial Academy records. The story I heard was that you were rescued from exile. And Thrawn says, it was intended to so appear, right? So all part of like a larger plan and a ploy, tactics, you know, that Thrawn's known for. But that was not the reality. The encampment was designed to appear as if I had been abandoned by my fellow Chiss for years. In truth, I was only there a few months. The plan was to lure an Imperial ship to the planet, use my tactical skills to slip aboard, and be taken to Coruscant. I had hoped merely to persuade the Emperor to allow me to study the Empire's political and military structure. By the way, the opening of this <clears throat> scene of when he gets quote-unquote captured is beyond badass, and I hope that everyone can read the first chapter of the Thrawn novel in which the Empire shows up on this planet. There's equipment that they don't understand. They're like, what is all this stuff? Uh, interesting. And then lights go out. Things start exploding. Stormtroopers like, oh, there's stormtroopers over here. And then it's like, wait, no, those are decoys. Thrawn just like ravages this entire group. And then they, they evacuate, land him in the hangar, turn off the lights, and he just walks out. It's, a, it's, it's so good. I, Nick, let's do a book, uh, book club. Yeah, I mean, I'd almost rather, you know, I love vis I love visuals, so I, I almost would rather like get my hands on this comic or just get it on the Marvel app or something, just so I could yeah. visualize it. But hoopla, free comics. Oh, okay, cool. Read the the last few lines here, though. Thrawn says his offer to make me an officer in the Imperial Navy gave me the opportunity to learn much more. I'm afraid that uniform has blinded you to reality. This guy's saying to him, especially if you think. I would abandon my people uh, and join you in your fight for a better empire. So it doesn't seem like, um, at least from what I've been sent here, that there's much more, you know, Thrawn goes uh, much deeper with that. But I mean, you know, priorities can change, perspective can change, but his original intention was not to rise the ranks, rise to the ranks just to be an imperial. You know what I mean? It was about his people. It's to help his his people. Which yeah. I mean, is there anything? Is there anything yet that contradicts that in Ahsoka? Well, I mean, some of the dialogue 
where he's talking about, you know, he says for the empire, it could all be a, a big long con, you know, but I don't know. Then again, like, uh, you know, aligning with the night sisters makes it clear that he, he's not about Imperial protocol per se. Mm -hmm. Cause it really, it could be if, I mean, if I'm going to try to keep his original, uh, cause those, the, that is Canon. Like what we just saw is Canon. It's a new Thrawn novel. That's a comic ad adaptation. Um, you know, if his main goal is security for his people, if he just becomes the head of the empire by kind of posing in this era that he wants to take it over, then in theory, he rules the empire and can now help his people basically. <laughs> so yeah. that's one way I would look at it. I mean, you could think of, think about any politician who has a religious agenda, who claims to be uh, a founding father's constitutionalist, but is really on a religious, on a path for their religion. You know what I mean? Right. Or what about a reality show host who pretended to be an evangelical Christian? Is there any examples of that? I could see if we could find one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> too political. This makes sense to me. I hope that guy, I hope the guy who said it was too political started listening again and now that back out again. <laughs> These guys. I haven't checked the reviews lately. There's got to be a second one. By the way, leave a review on um, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thanks. I would imagine that saying anything, putting anything in, into Thrawn's arc in this series for Filoni made it obviously just a little too much for people to swallow. You know, there's, there's already enough to, for people to catch up on it, who haven't watched animation. You know what I mean? You can't, can't put too much in the mix. Well, how? I mean, I'm just riding the ride with Thrawn. Like, I don't know the back stuff that you guys know, but what I have learned is he's all about tactics. Mm -hmm. He's all about the art of war. Yeah. Right? So, like, you kind of watch him and he's like, hmm, well, that didn't work. You know, let's try this. Or now I know he got, uh, you know, bested by a Jedi, so he got some witchy gals to, mm -hmm. you know, give him that side of things, right? So, like, he's... It's weird because in my head, I don't know, is he the one trying for absolute power? Everyone else was unlimited power. Everyone, you know, the strongest and the baddest and the best and all the power in the galaxy, right? Well, I, I think he just really enjoys this game. Like playing the game, yeah. Yeah. That's what it seems to me, not knowing all the stuff from that you guys know. There, and there is like, there's so much depth to his character in Rebels, even... You know, not to mention all all of this stuff on paper. He's such um, a fan of art and culture. You know, there's this there's whole thing where he brings in Sabine because Sabine's an artist. That's the other thing. There's all these layers to yeah. Sabine that make her the kind of the rebel that she is. You know, lowercase R rebel. Um, and he has her captured and brings her in, and has like the um, the big you know the big stone mural that she touches in the beginning after she cuts her hair of the rebels. He's got a big hollow of that in his office. He's got all these artifacts. He's got a calicory and all, all this stuff. And he's like very, very fascinated by it. So it, I think it is like the game, like the tactics, like he's playing a real life version of, um, you know, what was the board game? The war game. Strategia? Risk. Risk, strategia, yeah, all yeah, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the, like the art and cult. It's only, he's like, a, you know, he's like Hitler, like wants to collect all these artifacts and things that he thinks are really fascinating and doesn't care if he kills a bunch of people in the process. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's interesting because I thought it would have been helpful storytelling wise for the more general public for him to see for them to see him do something badass, super badass this mm-hmm. season. But in my head canon, the first se- the first scene of episode 1 of Mando season 4 is what I wanted to happen in Ahsoka uh, episode eight, like he shows up to the new galaxy and destroys a new Republic fleet or something like that. You know, yeah. like that should be how season four opens. Hire me, Dave Filoni. <laughs> <laughs> NATO potato in, in, in the patron chat says also don't forget about the shadow council, how they will get involved with Thrawn now that he's back. So if there, if there is this conflict about his motives, that would be, you know, that interaction would be the time for that to be exposed and yeah. and addressed. And his right hand man, Paleon, is there, so he has like a proxy there. I mean, that whole Shadow Council is real interesting for a lot of reasons, which I hope we get like enough depth out of it because, mm-hmm. like we covered on the show, I don't remember which Hux. I know it was his father. I forget his name, but like Brind- obviously, Huck. yeah. So Brendel Hux is obviously birthed uh officer in the in the first order so that's a direct link to the first order plus i'm still like holding out hope if it makes sense in a sick way to have prime moff gideon still alive like the Mm. one we saw was just one of the clones or something like that so i don't know there's just so much that can be done and i wish we had time and money to see it all happen at a correct pace you know I don't want like, I don't want to find out in a sentence that Moff Gideon is still alive. Like, Somehow. I want a whole episode about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, Moff Gideon has yeah. returned. <laughs> Sky's the limit. Uh, clarified in the chat here. Yes, the comic uh, that is the comic adaptation of the first novel. So I will be reading that because I am bad at books. <laughs> What's interesting, and Dean, I love your perspective on on things too. And I like, I wish that more people. I think had your open-mindedness to it because I hear I have a couple of people who haven't gone down the animation rabbit hole as well and there was that comment of like for as much as I know that Thrawn was the big bad right the way that people had talked about Thanos in the comic books before Thanos became Thanos of the MCU was like you know he was like he was not you know he's he's the most powerful guy in the universe right and I did, and, and Thrawn has such a, I I want to say like his, uh, the fans of Thrawn because of what he represented as uh, in the Empire, what we represented as someone who you know does tech. I think I think everybody likes a really smart villain, right? I think that's you know we yeah. love that. I think in general we love seeing s- tactics. I mean that's like why they made so many Ocean's Eleven movie, right? Like. That was yeah. always the whole thing was just like you loved seeing a heist movie because all of these things had been thought out and you watched a plan in action. That was like literally Thrawn's entire thing was always being three steps ahead with two contingencies. And, you know, so I had some people that were like, well, I thought he would have I thought he would have done something like a little cooler than that. I'm like, the guy got back from Peridia. Yeah. With an army and then set up shop like he he showed up to Dathomir. And was like, let's get to work. I'm pretty sure he won. You know, like that's the yeah. thing that I can't figure out that people are like, I wish he would have done something more badass. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, 
I mean, the guy, the guy like played this whole thing as soon as it started rolling out in front of him. It was like he was waiting for it. It was kind of awesome to see. So it's it's hard to it's hard to look at from the perspective of um, you know what what where the pacing is on the on the production side that we don't get to see it because like we I remember us talking about this on the podcast that it would be it would be hard to imagine that Thrawn could be taken care of in one season. It kind of defeats him. Mm-hmm. We have three seasons yeah. of Moff Gideon. He's just one. Yeah. He's one guy who works for Thrawn. I'm like, yeah. like the next like ten years are just them trying to fight Thrawn. Uh, you know, so I, I don't know. I don't know what the pacing is going to be moving forward for this for people to understand like kind of what what a threat he is in regards to upsetting the entire balance of the New Republic, which is already showing cracks. It's like he's the perfect opportunity to be able to say transition out of the New Republic. Is he the one who starts the first order? Like, I'm ready. As am I. I love his confidence too. When you think back to that line, um, which I'll paraphrase, where he's talking to Sabine and he's like, So basically, you risked your entire galaxy just to get here to find Ezra. And it's like the confidence there of like, when I get back there, I'm in charge. Like, I'm going to kill everybody. <laughs> and I'm in charge, right? right? Like, you risked everything for your boy Ezra over here. Who didn't, well, who didn't bring you back? <laughs> Right. (laughs) He tried. He did his best. All right, let's move on. Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt's. You may know Roosevelt's as the company who makes those rad all over print button downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts. They do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. All right, Ahsoka Bingo. All right, this is mine. It's looking rough. Adam, Adam, um, We Adam. can... God, dude, here's the thing. I'm going to mark this up, add some things. Uh, I think there's like maybe one to check off here. Man, God, more I appears, more prominent than Amando. I'm going to go ahead and do that. Yeah, why not? Let me get an orange here. I'm into it. You could see that it was Mirai for sure. So yeah, I'm I'm with it. I'm with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very clear. And the next scene was Mortis God. So that is more prominent. There you go. Yeah. Love it. Ezra has not embraced the dark side. Uh, no Shealy location. First order number blah, blah, blah. blah. Mm-hmm. Cloning was not mentioned. Is this the first series since Disney Plus started where we haven't mentioned cloning? Wow, it might be. Probably. Might be. Anakin versus Obi-Wan seen through a world between worlds. Nope. Uh, no Zeb. No Yoda. Dang. See, I just, I, I maybe I didn't get the memo. Maybe I didn't get the rule book on like what the hell bingo really is. I don't know. I, I felt kind of bad just going for layups, certain things. I agree. You know, I think we did it right. I think we, I think we took some swings and I think we all struck out, but we took some swings and that's the most important part. Yeah. It's actually not. That's how you don't get hired, but. Right. <laughs> Thrawn only or Thrawn centric episode. I had to throw this damn qualifier here including flashbacks. 
Mm. Wah, wah, yeah. Lost that one. You know, we we thought that would help. I think why we because I think I said Thrawn only episode two. I thought it would be like, hey, for all of you at home who don't know who Thrawn is, here's a whole entire episode about right. him being badass. You know, Didn't so like seem that's, that's yeah, yeah. That's why yeah. we we thought that. Uh, Mortis location. That's no. We could really bend it. You think? If we really I wanted to cheat. I can. I, I don't mind you getting that because think about this. We saw the world between worlds, and it was like entered in a different way than in, in animation. So, is that the Mortis location? And it's it's it is like a parallel universe type of thing. Like you need to slip into what we saw in the animation. Like why are they there? I think there's that an might be Mortis. I think there's an entirely other group of people besides just Anakin and Ahsoka who have seen the Mortis gods. I think okay. I think the Dathomiri, I think the Night Sisters, I think they have had a I think they have had a very I'd say they they've had a very mutual respect for the Mortis mm-hmm. gods and that's why yeah. they built those shrines to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and either that was for, you know, one specific person that represents, I mean, there's just so much like mythology, um, that I, th- I don't think we're on Mortis, but I'm also now starting to be convinced that like Peridia, ah, man, it's hard to say. I, Cause there's like this part mm-hmm. of me that like, when we think about time where we know that Dagobah and Mortis are both of these, what's the, what's the term for something like time moves slower? There is time. Like, Time dilation. Yeah, yeah. right. It's so like, is Peridia one of those places too? Which I don't think it is because everyone else is aged on, t- you know what I mean? Like it, do- it doesn't seem like it is, but there's certainly something that could be interesting about how far away it is uh, and, and all of that. So I don't think, I don't think it's Mortis. I think Peridia is its own thing, but I certainly think they know what's up. For sure. Well, let's just go through what I did get here. Uh, Morgan Elspeth is a night sister. We jumped the gun on that because technically until she was, um, Jumped in. <laughs> she wasn't oh, yeah. a night sister. Captain Rex did appear. Jason Sandula did appear. Mandalorians from other houses were shown in the flashback. That would be the Siege of Mandalore. Yep. I mean, dude, cloning mention? I mean, you, we saw clone troopers. The the YouTube is saying, like, give it to you. All right. I'll t- T- go ahead. Take it. You're, you're still, I will you take still it. still did win. I think that that means that you're trying to clone Palpatine or a greater cloning idea, right? We're really stretching it right now. <laughs> Someone wants to win, you know? All right. These old ladies have been beating us at bingo for years. Let's move on uh, because I didn't win. Okay. All right. Nick, on the other hand, did pretty oh, well Nerf, here. So you've got, Nerf all our ass. You've got uh, Captain Rex appears, World Between Worlds as a location, Jason Sandula appears, Clone Wars flashback, mm-hmm. and a few things that we have not marked here being, let's see. Start with the left column. No Adventure of the Week episode. Yes. Yeah. Something we couldn't uh, make a call on until now. Okay. No Adventure of the Week. So we're getting a no on Mortis location. Yeah. We're saying no. Okay. I'm going to agree. Okay. Force Ghost appears. There we Force go. Force Ghost appears. Tail end. Hmm. Um, I think that's a... That's it. Oh, throne only or throne centric episode. Oh, dude, one away. Th- these are legitimate wins here. Wait, we're giving it to Thrawn. We're saying throne only and throne centric episode. Yes, but I I specified with flashbacks, so I don't get it. I don't Ooh. get that point. 
But okay. you can do. That's not what I meant, though. Okay. I meant like almost like an origin story type of thing. Well, as written, I think you deserve the point. I mean, I'm not going to argue <laughs> myself out of a point. No Millennium Falcon, no Zeb, no Grogu, no Barasafi, no Din Djarin, no Agent Kalos. You had a lot of appearances. Gosh, Nick. We got Finn, though. We got Finn. Oh, Finn the dog did make an appearance. No Jedi Academy, no compromised Ezra Bridger, no Ashley Eckstein on, on screen or as a voice. No Thrawn TIE Defender. Isn't that weird? I would have thought when they showed the hangar, I was like, we're going to see it. We're going to see yeah. it. Yeah. And they did. I got real excited. Yep, yep, That's why yeah. I remember texting you, Mike. I'm like, what are those, those ships down there? Because yeah. I knew that that wasn't them, but I was like, maybe they changed them. I don't know. Right, right. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, dude, literally if Ben Solo or if Force Ghost would have been up one spot here. You would have had bingo across the middle yeah, with the free space. Tic-tac-toe. Damn. So that's my fault for uh, arranging this. A thousand apologies. All right, let's move on to Mike. You, um, we'd like to know who you've been talking to on the inside because Mike slayed. I didn't win though. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven so far. Let's see. Captain Rex appears. Vader appears in Vader suit. In parentheses, you specified. Wow, wow, wow. Yep. Night Sisters appear. Yep. Uh, Republic gunship scene. Sabine uh, painted biker scout helmet scene. That was in the first episode, right? That was in the first episode, yep. Yeah. Mandalorians from other houses shown. That was yours originally. Ryloth as a location we saw in the flashback. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that was the early Clone Wars season one, right? Yep. yep. See what else here. What have we not checked off? No, I, I think that's it. I think that's it. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know. Throne only or Throne centric. Here we go. Sure. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. If I got it, you got it, baby. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, you know, I think like the Shin and Balin thing, man, I wanted, I wanted something like that to happen. I know that was a wacky ass theory. And I said that many times every time I share it, I was like, this is nuts. But you know, the, the loath wolf thing, yeah, you know, and it was interesting, but yeah. I think, I think, like, just going back and seeing how many, how much of the Arthurian like inspiration Filoni took from yeah. a lot of this, I think that just made more sense for him to kind of more so reference mythology for people to just kind of get a nice little concept of, of, of what he was going for. So, you know, that was a stretch for sure. Um, I was, I, there was a part of me that was thinking that like they might be saving the Darth Maul cameo for something else, you know, this would have been, I think there was, I think there was some valid criticism of people being very worried that Dave was going to fall back too much, maybe to Dean's appreciation, uh, or possibly, you know, kind of looking on the other side of things like, you know, Dave, Dave knows that he, his fan base, people who enjoy his, his writing in star Wars know that he loves, can't, he loves loves doing little throwbacks and loves doing Easter eggs and all that kind of stuff. And he loves being able to share those stories and flashbacks. And so I think for a lot of people that were concerned about is, you know, is this just going to be a nostalgia? You know, is this just going to be basically just, uh, you know, retreading old uh, stories, kind of like what we saw a little bit in, in uh, Obi-Wan. Um, I think people were concerned about that. So I actually respect him a lot for not going back and going, I'm going to retell my favorite Clone Wars story, essential episodes, which he did a whole panel on at Celebration, if you remember. Um, you know, he he could have just yeah. redone all of those in live action, which I'm sure there was a temptation to do so. Um, but I think, you know, all in all, it, the fact that we 
put a lot of these concepts up there that would have fit. Um, the fact that we didn't see him kind of shows, I don't know, is that Dave's maturity coming through as a writer of saying, I don't need to lean too far into the past and I want to keep moving forward? Who knows? I mean, to me, it's just more about, I love reminding people this isn't a puzzle to be figured out, you know? Like right. sure, they're, sure. They're, writing, they're writing this. You could have fun speculating, but this isn't, it's not a puzzle that needs to be figured out by us. Hey, Mike, real quick, uh -huh. I'm either on to something or close to something. Ooh, which, here we go. which between Balin and Shin, which one was in the the mythology? Which one was chasing the sun and which one was chasing the moon? Uh, Shin, uh, Balin is chasing the sun and Shin is chasing go. the moon. You said it. Balin is chasing the sun. Mm. The sun, the Mortis God son. There you go. My boy's wicked smart. Wow. S-U-N. Wow. S-O-N. Dang. Nice. Wow. I was hoping that that was the case. I was like, wait. You know what? We're going to double check that. You know what? We have the we have the power of the internet right in front of our fingers. Please guys. check it. Please check because um, that's so good. Use it. Use the internet. That's so Do good it. if that's. Uh, let's see. Haiti and Skull. Uh, let's see. Uh, Skull is the one who mocks in Hati. Shin Hati. Um, let's see. Skull is a wolf that according to, let's see, chases the sun. Yep. Wow. So and there you uh, go. Hottie is chasing the moon. So yeah, yeah, chasing the sun. You know what? I like it. I love it. I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. <laughs> okay. There, there's something else that uh, we left out about the Mortis arc. I I want to say here, or I want to just mention. I'm trying to find the exact quote. I, I, maybe we did mention this. The father referring to, you know, in the conversation about like what Mortis is, what Peridia is, or what that galaxy is versus the the, the prime galaxy in, in Star Wars. The father does refer, when talking to Anakin, refer to the galaxy as your galaxy, right? He's specifying that either one, there's more than one galaxy, like letting us know. And I think uh, my friend Chuck pointed this out. He said, um, basically, like, Filoni's been thinking about this since then. You know, this idea of there being another galaxy and it, it being this whole other can of worms that we're going to open up. Mm -hmm. There's more there, I'm sure. I mean, obviously, there's more there. Do you guys have any thoughts about that? Do you remember the quote specifically? I do not. Have you, have you read this recently? No. I feel like we should almost next week or something just do revisit the Mortis arc and talk about it. Dano, Dano just did it tonight and it was awesome. Damn it. Yeah, he's... Another another one of our boys is wicked smart. Um, I I think I think really it's like going going back and looking at it. You know, I think the it it really does go sh to show that like the power of I think for them we have to also look at if 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 the idea is to expand Star Wars for us to be able to go just further beyond what we already know happens, which is the first order, right? I think the idea is that they have to build up a congruent story that's happening at the parallel at the same time uh, so that we don't feel like we got this crazy, crazy mythological buildup uh, that is clearly so feared. It's clearly has so much power. It clearly is, might be much bigger than the first order because we know how the first order ends already. Right? So I can't believe that they're investing this much into the idea of Mortis and, and making us think that hard without thinking it's going to be a massive part of 
season two or at least a season mm-hmm. two and what spins off from there. You know what I mean? It's hard. It's hard to know. It really is. Oh, there's just so much good stuff. <laughs> it's like I don't have enough time to really dig in and yeah. do this. I, sh- I should just watch Dano's streams. <laughs> I have a question for Dean. Dean, what do you, yes. what is your take on? Because I, I believe you said that you liked Balin's character, and knowing that the actor Reese Stevenson is no longer with us, what is your take on recasting him? Ugh. Oh. Um, not like if you more so like if you would like in order to keep the story like the story needs to be sure important here i think they should uh i think it it seems like he's important right Mm -hmm. uh and obviously the situation was unexpected Mm -hmm. and i think they totally should i think you know the recreating face ai or cgi stuff is fine too but um you know, I think like you guys, like we talked about Harry Potter, right? With uh, Sir Richard and they yeah, just swapped yeah. and you didn't even really know because, you know, but I, I, I mm-hmm. think they should. And I don't think it needs to be someone, you know, we only talk about all these big name celebrities like Liev Schreiber and, mm-hmm. and whoever. But I think if you find an actual true actor, they're going to do that yeah. well, you know, and it's going to be awesome still. Yep. I mean, he didn't write that. You know, he's mm-hmm. the actor. So, like, we can we could make this work. Yeah. Especially because the story seems huge from here on out. And I mentioned this on another episode. It's not like Cara Dune gets fired and we're like, we have to recast Cara Dune. It's like, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. like, this seems like it matters. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah, this dude, crucial. It seems it seems that way to me. And you, he wasn't in cartoons, right? This is new Brandon, for yeah, everybody. He's a new character. Right? Technically, he was. Well, Ray Stevenson voiced... Gar Saxon. Oh. Gar Saxon. Gar Saxon. Yeah. I get those confused. Gar Saxon. Okay. Oh, right. But yeah, Ray Stevenson, Balin's brand new. Balin's skull. Yep. Yes, he's brand new. Okay. Which, man, if they do Tales of the, I mean, Tales of the Jedi Season 2 is coming out, I believe, right? Pretty sure. Um, I I mean, not that it's coming out, but I think it's at least greenlit. I mean. I will say, I've watched those. You have? Nice. The Tales of the Jedi, the little yeah. the like, interim yeah. things that, that connect things. Yeah. Awesome. Those are all right, guys. We're going to get Dean on board. We're going to use Tales of the Jedi (laughs) as a little bait to put him out there. No, that was, but that's very specific, right? Yeah. It it points to these points that I know. Yeah. Right. So I'm hoping, too, that when all, as we get farther into this universe, and I do watch the cartoons eventually, that it'll do that. They'll all point to those things. Well, you know, different little points I know because or I'm not. like I'm struggling to believe that we're not going to get a Balin School episode in Tales of the Jedi. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I gotta believe they're like sitting there being like, we want to see what happened to this dude. And you could look at it in the same way that like how you know when we started to see and and Dean, there's a couple there's a couple episodes of the Clone Wars where we really started to see some of the Jedi um, start to cash in on what the empire was offering right mm. um and and there's a there's a couple characters that like almost are so uh comically uh one-sided that you just know you're like this guy's totally like he's been corrupted by count dooku blah 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 but right. then some of the like the fake outs um barisafi is a is a character if if i assume that you've you've watched that because she's crucial to soka leaving the order um but you you start to kind of see this this corruption from within in in the in the stories, and I think like just Balin, 
Balin is so interesting because like he his anger towards the Jedi wasn't it almost like it didn't have a it, it still had a, a calm reminiscence to it did anyone else feel like that like it was a sense of almost him being like I wasn't forced out I just recognized yeah that you know I and I wasn't offered anything else I chose to leave you know he just kind of has this like almost like a philosophical approach to like why it just wasn't working anymore mm-hmm. um definitely and, yeah, yeah he think, seemed like he really liked the church. He just didn't like the pastor. One day yeah, he was yeah. like, eh, I'm out of here. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I, I just can't believe that they wouldn't, like, clearly, I hope that the fandom has been loud enough to be like, you know, season two now, Tales of the Jedi, give us Bale and Skull, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I want it. I want it really badly. I mean, there's so many, like, I feel like Tales of the Jedi is something that could effectively never end. There are just so many cool stories to tell. And in that that short form, it just kind of makes sense. Like, why ever mm-hmm. cancel that? It's completely open-ended, you know? Yeah. I keep seeing uh, on my Explorer feed, someone made like a Luke Skywalker, but in Clone Wars, like a Luke Skywalker post-Return of the Jedi style, but in Clone Wars animation. And it was just like, would you like to see Luke Skywalker adventures in this style? And I'm like, yeah, like really badly. Like, yeah. I want to see Luke or even Balin at this point, whatever. It's like just that animation style. If it's both cheaper and quicker to produce that stuff, which I assume it must be, then, man, I say it all the time. I'm here for the story, so I don't care how it it, it appears. Same. Clone Wars animation looks great these days. All right. So final final tally, final score. Well, I'm, I'm going to say final and then tell you that there's maybe a curveball here in a second. Um, I got six, Nick got seven, Mike got eight. So Mike is the winner according to that count. But MC Rocco in the patron chat did suggest that maybe I deserve the Mother Talzin point based on the blade and the reference. Ooh. I'm handing out points, so I say go for it. Yeah, go for it. Take it. I accept. I'm happy to now tie for last place with Nick. Hell yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, no bingo. What if we combine our two cards? Is it more than Mike? Do we then win as a combo? Oh, this is a good question. Mm. A um, Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> One, two, three. Oh, yeah, you guys would. Yeah. Four. Yep, yep, yep. Sorry, yep, Mike. That we would won. do it. That would do So you guys won. Yeah, <laughs> original original host, new host. <laughs> it's rigged. You're out, bud. It's rigged. But yeah. you know, on uh, uh, honestly though, the thing is, is uh, we all still got more points than Ryan Key. So yeah, that's nice. That's nice. And yeah. coming in last place, uh, Ryan Key <laughs> coming in last place with a hard ass forfeit. Thank you very much. That really, he tried. Didn't even try. <laughs> All right, so that's um, that's bingo. We'll do it again. I don't know when we're going to do it again, actually. It's probably going to be the Mandalorian because what the hell are we going to predict for Skeleton Crew? I'm in. Mm. I mean, we'll try. Yeah, I have no clue. That could be fun, actually. <laughs> you know what? I bet you I, once once we get the trailer, yeah. I think we're going to have a much better idea of like, okay, cool. Because I, I think we had... Nick, you saw the trailer at Celebration, didn't you? I don't know if it was a trailer, but I did see footage, yeah, of okay. that and Acolyte. Yeah. Okay. I'm surprised. Oh. I mean, that's got to be somewhere on Reddit, I would assume. No, like it, the, it is, but like it's a hard. Phone it's hard version. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to certainly see, and I'm sure 
there's been, I mean, literally the whole thing's been shot. So it's like, mm -hmm. we're going to have, I don't know, pirates. Yep. Gorian Shard. Dude, physics buddy Joe made a point that Kanan appearance counts for the photo in the ghost. Come on. But your thing says appears as force ghost or voice. Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice. All right. Well, nice. Adam was like, are you guys still feeling really generous? Like, no. You guys, uh, did you still handing out points or? <laughs> no, we're done. Okay. We're done here. All right. Screw me. All right. Let's move on and do a little something called I love you. I know. I love you. I know. All right, being the end of season wrap up, we're doing favorite episode and we pulled the patrons. We gave them uh, hours to vote, tons of hours today. Uh, put that on me, typical ADHD band dude brain. Put out a poll this morning and the results, not a big surprise. Mm, so typical. What's a surprise is the one you're going to be surprised by my pick. And I'm a little, little bummed to be in the minority. All right, so eight episodes. Any predictions? Dean, I'll let you predict. What do you think the winner was? Don't don't give us your favorite yet, but... Um, do I need to know the name or the number? Number's fine. Seven. You think the, the penultimate episode, Dreams and Madness, is the winner? Uh, probably with this group, it was the Anakin between the worlds thing. Okay. There was a lot of... You guys cried, right? There was a lot of that. <laughs> Tears yeah. were shed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Classic. <laughs> yeah, and for a lot of patrons being in the uh, the millennial demographic, that yes, that's a good guess. All right, should we actually should should we read the res these results? Or before we do that, we have comments. You've got a bunch here, and shout out to everyone who voted and left comments. We appreciate everyone participating. It's fun. Makes it more fun that way. When you don't participate, it's boring. Sarah Crow said, "Look, every episode was spectacular, but my vote was for episode one purely because it's the beginning." I went in watching no trailers, nice, on purpose because I wanted everything to be a surprise. I was hooked from the moment it started. The squeal I made when I heard David Tennant's voice, the doctor, fan of, um, of Doctor Who apparently, will always have a special place in my heart. Always happy to turn Thank the Maker into a Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> Doctor Who is on my long list of sci-fi things that I'm embarrassed to have never watched. David Tennant's going to be at New York Comic Con. Nice. Nice. Um, let's see who, um, James McCoy says best overall episode was five, but my favorite scene was chopper about to commit war crimes against Ziono. Yeah. That guy sucks. So, um, there's a, there's a lot deeper stuff about why that guy sucks too. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, Senator Ziono. Mm, okay. Not Lord. so much. I don't think but we mentioned, you know, him being, um, the father of the main character of, uh, resistance. And he sucked then, but he sucks even more when you put all this together. And it, it seems like he might, he might just be like a, a first order loyalist or something. He, he, the guy sucks. Uh, there's some more implications there. Mandel Pool guy. For, for me, episode six had it all as far as character development, particularly Balin's. They could have had him talk for the whole episode and, I, and it would have been amazing. But also seeing the night troopers and Enoch, the noti, Sabine's holler turning out to just be a puppy, had all the emotions and great storytelling. Love the whole series. Jacob Boyette says, the part of me that grew up watching the Clone Wars wants to say Shadow Warrior, but we got so much in the final episode to give me hope for the future Star Wars projects. 
and what's to come. It was just too exciting. So the finale for Jacob. All right, let's do our favorites and then we'll read the poll after. We'll switch it up just a little bit. Gotcha. And Dean, being the guest. Yes. You get to go first. Well, it's hard for me to pinpoint an episode except for the one that I thought was the most like lackluster. I mean, I loved all of it, but like the last episode to me was like, okay, cool. This has happened. And I always want this thing to happen where they go, oh, and next week we start the next season. But yeah. they'll never, ever do that. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I really enjoyed learning everything. But like for me, like forcing a lightsaber and like bending its shape, like that stuff for me was like it. Like yeah, that that was like, oh, here we go. Yes. So, so yeah, so it's hard. I, I couldn't tell you one or the other. I'm not like, I don't work like that. We're willing to um, let you bend the rules. I appreciate that. As a guest. I appreciate it. <laughs> Nick, how about you? What was your favorite episode? Um, I'll just go with my emotions and say Shadow Warrior. I mean, we got so many versions uh, of Anakin this entire season. We got three different versions of him. But that one was... I, I Every episode I described to whoever asked me how I was feeling, I'm like, I just feel like I'm dreaming. Like, I actually can't believe what I'm watching, and that's the best Star Wars feeling. Yeah. Um, so, but that, and that was the first time where I was just like, I actually, now I actually can't believe what I'm watching. This is <laughs> insane. So I'll go with that. I mean, I am can't say enough good things about Balin, and I need his story to continue, and I... Want like two or th- I want two more seasons of this before the movie. I don't know that we'll get that, but who knows? Maybe Mando season four is just it's maybe that's more Thrawn centric and we get Thrawn set up that way. I still really don't know if Ahsoka and Sabine just stay in Peridia and we see them with like Ray post episode nine. Like, I don't know. I have no clue. Gotta be crazy. That seems like such a that seems like such a way out for Ahsoka to not be in this galaxy, therefore not in the sequel trilogy. But she's there already, so I'm like, eh, maybe that's a little early. So maybe there's another another trick here, but I'm I'm not sure. I don't know. It seems but, like there's a, yeah. a a big darkness when mm-hmm. we think about all this stuff of like, hey, uh, we know these episodes is all the people that we are loving or die yeah yeah there's a lot of dark dark you know down to like grogu yeah no (laughs) so like uh, grogu is the sun confirmed (laughs) (laughs) all right mike how about your favorite episode um i think the i think what a lot of people would like me to say is the anakin throwbacks um because if i see captain rex i'm like that's my favorite it's i i think though episode six Far, far away is probably the one that sticks with me outside of outside of just what I wanted to see. Right. right. We got new troopers. We got the concept of what Thrawn has been building. We got like the Chimera shows up. Um, all of this is like it, that's what I'm into. So I think I think in regards to to that, I think certainly episode six did what Nick is saying where I feel like I'm dreaming. Uh, I would certainly say that episode six brought more star Wars to me. And I absolutely love that. So 
I I would say episode six uh, did did the thing, and I would say that's the one that that I think about the most often when I think about back on the season. Besides the obviously big fan moments, episode six is my pick for three reasons. One being, of course, new that that really it expanded the galaxy, and I think I remember all of us wigging out about that. But then also, you know, and as reunion is great. Um, but then we get to see Thrawn and it all was exactly as I predicted and it was glorious. Well, um, I should have changed up the order because now I feel like I'm just copying you. Um, part five Shadow Warrior was for all of us who are fans of the Clone Wars, just unbelievable, you know, like surreal to watch seeing those flashbacks in live action, fi- finally seeing a live action young Ahsoka, all all the weight that it brought, just just like the the way we saw how young Ahsoka really was, the idea of like the Jedi having these child soldiers essentially, it was so heavy. Like all yeah, the huge. everything we talked about, you know, her the guilt that she feels putting Anakin's turn on her own shoulders, you know, carrying that. It laid it out so beautifully. I have goosebumps. Such an emotional thing. And you 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 put all of that in this nostalgia mix and it's just hard to top. You know, you've got Hayden Christensen coming back and like the the beautifully done de-aging. It's just like incredible stuff. But for kind of the same reasons that Mike's saying, the boldness and like the confidence with, with which Filoni introduced all these new things to people who knew nothing about this. Yes, all the Ahsoka stuff's new, but it's in a show called Ahsoka. She's been in, in other series before. So it wasn't wildly different. You know, the Clone Wars series took place during prequels, which people who watch live action have seen, you know, talking about witches and Mortis and Peridia and all these wild things and Thrawn's arrival. Like the, I, I mentioned it when we reviewed that episode, my favorite part was Thrawn showing up, all of the troopers. It was just like, oh my God, have we opened up a massive can of goodness of the most delicious worms of all time. I, I It's just... It was it was as intense of a feeling in a different way. You know what I mean? It wasn't all the nostalgia and everything. It was like pure excitement and yeah, awe I love that. at how beautiful it was and how many new possibilities we had immediately. So I'm gonna have to give it to um yeah, part six far, far away. That's uh that's for sure my favorite. Final answer. Final answer. All right, let's look at some poll results from the patrons. If you want to participate in these polls, people listening, patreon.com slash thinkthemakerpod. For the, uh, the the base level, $5 a month Patreon tier, you can participate in these polls. So do that. It helps the podcast. It pays the bills. That's what it's there for. Support, please. I'm one of them. Thank you, dude. Holy shit, thank you. Look look how far <laughs> it got me. Yeah, yeah if you're a patron yeah. one day, you will wind up on the show. Be a patron, roast co- coffee, uh, 3D print things, be friends with Nick. You're on the podcast. Play bass. When there yes, you go. play bass. The rhythm section is heavy in this group right now. I really <laughs> appreciate that. That's so many bass players on this podcast. It's unreal. There's a lot of songs that we have that nobody wants to listen to. <laughs> yes. That we wrote, right? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. If you want to talk about the chili peppers and primus and stuff, like just get on this podcast and we'll do it. All right. Um let's see. Tied for third place, five percent each. Part six, far, far away, and part seven, dreams and madness. Interesting that Dreams and Madness, I don't know. It was a good episode, but it's interesting to me that it, that it tied far, far away. I don't know. I thought more people would be about that episode. 
I was incorrect. Second place, runner-up, 23% of the vote, part eight, the Jedi, the Witch, and the Warlord, the finale. And the predictable winner was 65% of the vote, landslide victory, part five, Shadow Warrior. Yep. Dean was right. Nailed it. <laughs> That's that um, millennial emo kid vote right there. Hey, you know your audience. That's me. I'm young. We do. We I'm do. Young so do you. And, and hip. I'm not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, patrons. Thanks for, uh, for voting so quickly. Sorry for the short notice. That, uh, I mean, you know what to expect at this point. What else? Um, any thoughts before we go, uh, before we plug Mosh Eisley again? Final thoughts on... Hashtag recast Balen Skull. Yes. Hashtag more seasons ASAP of everything. Hashtag uh, the please give me the art of Andor, the art of Book of Boba Fett, the art of Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know what I want? I need these books, man. Like, what are we doing? Like, Abrams, you watch the show? We need, like... I, you know what we really we need? need? Books. What we really need? Costume books for all of these. And that reminds me. We have to. We had a big we loss. We have to. Absolutely. We did. Mike. Oh, yeah. Take it yeah. away. You probably saw a lot of sharing um, the past couple of days. Um, we tragically lost a pivotal member of the Star Wars community. Um, Shauna Tripsick uh, was the costume designer for most of the American, the California shows um, since Mandalorian season two. Um, so under her direction, she managed a incredibly talented group of costumers in um, Marcus and Judah Escalante uh, and, and a lot of people that really um, brought like what Shauna did for the costuming community can't be understated because she's one of the she was incredibly active in the fandom right like she i'm i'm in a couple of the build groups because i love watching people figure out new costumes and at the speed that they do shauna would pop in and go hey i've seen a lot of i've seen a lot of interest in like what are the fabrics like here i'll tell you exactly where i went we went to you know went to this place up in hollywood and they have these fabric swatches and we dyed it this color that is information that was so difficult for people to figure out that she just loved seeing how this community wanted to pay homage to what these characters and what these costumes mean for people there. She's adding to this incredible list of iconic silhouettes in star Wars through her work. And she had worked on, uh, she worked on firefly. She was the main costume designer on firefly. Um, she had worked on power Rangers it was like one of her first shows. She's had a really long list of, um, of accolades and for her to be able to come on, uh, she was the main, she was the main costume director for Mandalorian season two. She took over after Joseph Poro, which was obviously he, she got to dress Luke Skywalker in the iconic, you know, a uh, 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 Jedi outfit. Um, she was the one who got to design, redesign uh, the post Sarlacc Boba Fett, Boba Fresh, the Damio. Um, you know, updating. Uh, she got to help bring Bo Katan and the Night Owls to life, bringing Cad Bane into live action, bringing Sabine Wren into live action. Almost a verbatim, like you, you could just see what a fan she was um, of Star Wars. <clears throat> and she, it was, uh, and unfortunately and tragically, she passed away. Um, and and I just, I think when I think about it, like 
she had come to our most recent Mosh Eisley. We have a friend um, in uh, in BK, uh, and she had Shauna. This is one of those things where you look at it and you go, "This is certainly something of the force." Um, Shauna had come in. Adam and I last time we were in California um, for uh, I think for the Galaxy Show. We went to her coffee shop mm-hmm. and I actually saw her while we were there. And um, and and I guess Shauna had walked in. And she had a Star Wars Celebration shirt on, and someone pointed over to BK and goes, "Hey, <clears throat> she's got a she's got a Star Wars celebration. She's got a Star Wars shirt on. We should check her out." <laughs> BK looks over and like loses her mind because BK, uh, Brittany represents everything that's right about Star Wars costuming. Like she makes stuff out of foam. She's painting it with acrylic paint. She's working at a coffee shop and she's like in love with costuming. And so the tragic side of things is that Shauna recognized how important BK was to the fandom. And she was going to bring her on as an assistant for um, for the productions moving forward. And I guess they had felt confident enough in what was happening with that. Um, and so you look at, like, it was part of the force that they met. Um, it's a really tragic thing for the community because she was such an asset for helping people. And obviously, you, you really want to see people who love this franchise. Yeah. Um, because there isn't... When, when we we see that everyone, for the most part, who works on Star Wars now is a huge fan, and it's incredibly important because like they know that we care about these characters so much. Um, and so to Shauna's family and to everyone that she worked with, I know a couple of them listening to the podcast, uh, we are so sorry for your loss. Uh, and we, we of course, and we're going to see a lot of them um, at New York this this weekend. You know, she she was able to come to the last Mosh Eisley and seeing her characters come to life in this like punk rock way because she's a she's a punk rock she's a rock and roller herself and there's this great shot of her hugging our, our buddy uh uh nate captain nader uh who makes who is the black chrysanthemum right the uh the black parade chrysanthemum and she hugged him and said this is my boyfriend but like she helped bring that costume to life and to see that fans have taken her creation faithfully recreated it and then done their own remix which is like basically how the mandalorian came to be and 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 yeah. brian matias being inspired by the mandalorian mercs and like all this stuff right the community has suffered a tremendous loss um so we remember Shauna Terpsik. Um, I, I did have plans for her to be on Armor Party. So I'm, you know, I, I think there were there were there were big things that were going to happen. I think it really is. It's worth, of course, mentioning and, and talking about a couple times. We'll probably say something about it at Mosh, um, just because there's going to be a lot of people there who are inspired by her work. Uh, and I think the best thing that we can do is continue to let her legacy live on uh, as we continue to see the characters that she helped costume, that she helped build and help create. But yeah, I, I I hope if you're listening to this, you go and um, really look into her her body of work because it's it's worth honoring for sure. So, a big hug to everyone who is uh, affected by this, still grieving, I'm sure. Uh, but as as we say, usually when we when we lose someone, uh, may the force be with you, and we'll see you on the other side for sure. Well, like Mike said, um, a lot of folks who um, were only a degree or two of uh, separation away from her. We'll be uh, probably hanging with us at, at Mosh Eisley in New York this weekend. At the time of this recording, it's just four days away. So if you're going to New York Comic Con, come hang out with us. Uh, have, a, have a punk rock Star Wars emo night experience with us at the Gramercy Theater. Tickets are still available. Come hang out. MoshEisley.com is, is the quickest and easiest way to go find those tickets. 
or check any of our uh, links and bios. Dean, thanks for being here with us and hanging out and uh, bringing your insight. It's been fun. Thank you guys so much. This was the coolest thing ever. Good times. Anytime you need to text me about anything. You got my number, baby. (laughs) I just like texting you early because I wake up with the family. (laughs) I know you're asleep. I don't hear back to like... (laughs) So Dean, you're the reason why Nick is able to answer us so early in the morning, even though he's on the West Coast. I appreciate you, Dean. I've woken him up, yes. (laughs) I answer Dean before I answer the uh, Mosh Eisley texts. (laughs) All right, everybody, thanks for watching and listening. Patrons, thanks uh, for being patrons. Thanks for uh, doing the poll. Good times. And until next week, may the force be with you. If you enjoy Thank the Maker, you can support us by following and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or you can support us directly at patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod, where you can get access to our Discord server, exclusive content, exclusive merch, our recording live stream, and more. Our patrons quite literally make Thank the Maker possible. <laughs>